What's up, everybody? Hey, hey, Seattle, Washington. We're here at Signal Radio Studios filming another episode of Roots to Grooves. Welcome along. What's up, Jay? What's up, Jesse? Life, man. Life is good. Life, life is good. Yeah, life is good. I like it right now. We got good, good energy when this yep. comes out right at the beginning of summertime. Yeah. Riding a wave of content. I feel good about what we've been putting out with Signal lately, mm-hmm. actually. So I'm kind of happy about that. It's been a long time coming, but you know, uh, when this when this was recorded, we uh, just put out our first studio tour. Um, with Samurai Dell, check Samurai that out Del. on YouTube. Yeah, I recorded uh, an episode of The Drop, which at this point in time has passed through all the copyright sensors and it's an entirety, two hour long mix. Let's nice. see how long that lasts. <laughs> I left it. I left it there for like a couple of days to see if any labels would uh, strike down or anything. Uh-huh. But they've let it through, so I think maybe they're like checking it out and being like, "Yeah, okay." Hopefully, I like to this think guy's, so. This guy, yeah. Signal, in it to win it, and uh, and Rooster Grooves. You know, we've been putting out these for a while now, and uh, and uh, and thank you to all the listeners uh, on yeah. the podcast platforms that are checking it out. We've thank you all. We've seen the listenership grow, and, uh, and that's really good. Uh, it's gives us gives me a little bit more confidence you know i have confidence anyway i don't care i mean, I mean he, yeah we, I mean, jay was doing this when there was zero <laughs> followers or listeners or anything yeah but it's nice to um to see that you know the things we're sharing out there have some sort of resonance i think mm-hmm. i don't know so now nah, it feels good yeah sometimes it feels like you're living life and nobody cares or there's nobody <laughs> listening or paying attention nobody listening no right. but they are yeah um, and that's what we're here to do is bridge that gap between these people who we don't know and these people who we do know yeah. and that we're all human and we can all be super creative Exactly. Yeah. and we're all here to learn and grow. Yeah. We're all trying to be in the present. Yeah. We're all in the middle of a process of life. Yeah. Just try to be here in the moment. And that's, yeah. I, I saw a quote the other day. It was, uh, I don't know who said it again. I never remember who said quotes, but, um, you I have some good quotes though, so. but I, I like yeah. the quote. That's the important yeah. part. Yeah. Um, but, um, whoever it was said, if you're trying to look for the, the fountain of youth, it's in the present. Mm. Actually, I think it was SZA. Really? Yeah. SZA? Like is the artist. A, is that a rapper? Yeah. Okay. Like S-Z-A. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of discovered yeah. her yeah. too. Okay. I, guess, I think she's a female artist, rapper. Okay, cool. Very good. Producer. Yeah. Um, she's doing some stuff with Doja Cat right now, mm. which is a super hot track that I love, Kiss Me More. Mm. I think it's a great track check that out we'll play it it. we'll play it after this episode but that's not what we're talking about today yeah um Um, we're we're talking about budos band the budos band the budos band from staten island new york and it's kind of interesting because uh our last episode was cuckoo guy mayo am i saying that correctly no kiki gaku yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um uh, which was your suggestion, and uh, you sent me that first, and then I and then I sent Budos Band without really knowing anything about Kikigo Mayo, and there's a lot of parallels, there's a lot of overlaps with like the inspirations and stuff like that. Mostly, the fact that both of these bands listen to a lot of like seventies rock mm-hmm. stuff, and um, and have that kind of those influences, and, and through not just what they listen to, but also like the music they're creating and how they're recording the music that mm-hmm. they're writing sort of thing so i i yeah. just that was my observation of uh of uh 
those two bands kind of thing. No, that's um, that's awesome. We can yeah. that's awesome to see when we can bridge the gaps between something that we didn't yeah, expect. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, you were bringing this to the table. You didn't know who Kikagaku was. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so it's cool to see the similarities and the synchronicities. Definitely, yeah. Because um, they because Buddhist band is great. And so what yeah. what are these guys about? It's a it's a big band. Big band. Big band. There's yeah. like seven to ten and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. ten members. Yeah. There's bass, drums, and guitar. I mean, yeah. It's like uh, it's Afrobeat. It's funk. Yeah. They're groovy, um, a little jazz, yeah. a little psychedelic Afro soul kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm just saying a bunch of words to kind of. <laughs> hopefully, we can land on something in the middle there. Uh, so all music, a uh, big website out there describes them as doom rock Afro soul big band with a 70s touch mm-hmm. that joins musical universes from trippy psychedelia and Afro funk to 70s hard rock and late 60s soul. So like you said, there's some similarities with that psychedelic rock yeah. with the the era of music in general from like you know late 60s to even early 80s kind of but mostly like 70s yeah. psychedelia and stuff like that. Um but what's interesting like Hikigaku Moyo like you said between these two bands they're they're in different generations as far as their age groups I think. Budos band I think most of these guys are yeah, at least over thirty or thirty-five. Most of them, I think, maybe forty to fifty years old. Yeah, I think they're at least a decade or more older. Right. Like my, yeah. I mean, I'm just yeah. guessing, but I think they might be in technically different generations. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but it's cool to see g- different generations still extracting influence and inspiration yeah. from a similar period of music and in different sides of the world as well. Yeah. Buddhist band being from America and Kikigomo being from Japan. Um, but those similar sort of things influences hitting them, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, so yeah, what I don't know, you said something about something being dark, um, um about uh, their style of music, doom rock, yeah, because I wouldn't uh, say it's, it's most of their stuff isn't it's mostly upbeat, yeah, but there is kind of a dark twinge to it, it's definitely gritty and heavy and hard yeah. hitting, it's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. They have a lot of big horns. They have a horn section in this band. Yeah. And it's it, they just come on really strong. Yeah. None, none, not a lot of it seems super delicate. Yeah. Like these guys come out, and it it seems like such a New York kind of style to do. Like they're just like, boom, we're gonna play some loud music <laughs> that's upbeat. Yeah. That's fun. It's groovy. Yeah. Got a little dark, darkness twinge to it because I think yeah. that some of them are, um, like big fans of like Black Sabbath and yeah, some yeah. heavier stuff. Yeah. And then that's you know funneled into their style of music that Buddhist band is doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is this Afrobeat retro rock kind of thing. Yeah, I had I did get the chance to see Buddhist band live in Seattle three or four years ago. Um they played at the Capitol Hill block party. Nice. Um which uh for people that aren't here don't know about uh Capitol Hill is like a little neighborhood in Seattle. Um a cultural not, hub. Cultural hub, not too far from downtown and uh yeah they the capitol hill block party is um this kind of three-day music festival where they shut down like about a couple of blocks and uh they have outdoor stages uh they 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 shut around the blocks that they shut down are also like kind of around a few music venues like numos and barboza so they utilize those venues as well for some of the bands playing and yeah, literally this the, the year that they came here, it was like that was the only reason I bought a ticket for Capitol Hall Block Party. I was for like, Budos Band? Yeah, I was like, Budos Band playing. I love their music. I got to go see them play. They played on the main stage. I think they headlined like a Friday night or something like that. That would have been great. And it was great. Yeah, they were, they were just like 
doing it. I think they spent all of the day drinking heavily at uh, the, uh, oh shit, I forgot the name of the place. It's not the Central Saloon, that's, in Ca- that's here in Pioneer Square, but there's the other place in the Capitol Hill there that we've uh, hung out at a little bit. Um, yeah. Divey bar kind of thing. Forget the name of it. I know what you're talking about. They used to have live music there back in the day, but they kind of stopped. I can't think of the name either. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, though. yeah. Um, but yeah, they just they just hit the stage and and they were just play. It was just energy. Energy it was great. It was really good. I wasn't there, but I'm just imagining. Yeah. yeah, yeah. From what I've seen on these videos of them playing and stuff, I mean, they're yeah. it's it's fun. It's groovy. It's loud. It's it's they're yeah. jamming. Yeah, and it's it's pretty hard hitting. It's really fun. It's really good. Yeah. So I was pumped to learn about these guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Budos, I guess. Let's talk about where their band name came from. I actually don't know that. Do you know? Okay, I have a little yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess, I'm not sure the timing of this, because I thought they were going on, I think they, they discovered this when they were on tour mm-hmm. already in Europe, and they were in Budos, France. Mm. And they were driving through, um, they're on tour, driving through, and there was a, a castle called Budos Castle. Mm. Um, Chateau de Budos. Um, da, 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 da. and the the negative release of that is on the backside of Budos three album artwork. Okay, apparently, okay, a, a picture of that castle. So I'm not sure they had already been in a band, and I think they did have another name. Um, okay, yeah. So sorry, I'm going out of order, but they were called Los Barbados, Los okay. Barbados. Okay, and that was it means the bearded ones in Spanish. <laughs> And so that makes sense. We didn't describe it, but these guys are all like, they're almost kind of burly biker dude kind of looking guys. <laughs> they all have beards. Yeah. They're always wearing black. Yeah. And then they play sick music and they drink and they don't care about what anybody thinks, but they're, <laughs> but they're very respectful and cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool cats. Um, so yeah, Budos band, the bearded ones. Yeah. Um, it's kind of loosely referred to, or it's referenced by Fidel Castro's revolutionary baseball team. Oh, and, Budos? Yeah, okay. that's that's what they were called. Okay. It was like, I think it was called Budos. Like, that was the team, Budos, or something. Mm. Or no, Lars Bubados. Barbados, sorry. Mm. So the Fidel Castro's baseball team was called Los Barbados. Okay. <laughs> I hope I'm saying this stuff right. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, it's coming out right. But uh, yeah, so I mean, weird. Fidel Castro's coming up early in this episode. I don't know why. I never knew he had a baseball team, apparently. Yeah, and I, I didn't know. It called, makes sense, but... Yeah. So anyway, there was a little bit of a discrepancy because they didn't want to be they didn't want to be referenced to Fidel Castro. That is, there was yeah, no yeah. connection there between people were starting to ask about like the, the politics of oh why are you called Budos and oh here's Fidel Castro and yeah the, people were noticing some similarities and they didn't want to have anything to do with the political aspect because they weren't trying to say anything or they weren't referencing the team or Fidel Castro at all yeah it was just the name of the castle and the city where they were and they thought it was a cool name right the bearded ones match up with their style and everything so it sounded like a great name they went with it um but then they shortened it to Budos yeah instead of Barbudos yeah um very good so yeah that's the little story of how they got their name I guess very nice yeah and uh, <laughs> uh they they've known each other for a long time so there's a lot of members in the band so Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll name check all of them, but uh, a few of a few of the key players in the band um, that pop up a lot in uh, different interviews that you can see on YouTube, and that is uh, Brian Profilo, who's the drummer, and uh, Thomas Brennick on electric guitar, um, Daniel Fodder on bass guitar. Um, I I want to mention Thomas Brennick a little bit 
um, the guitarist because uh, so Budos Band is signed to Daptone um, Records, which is uh, out of New York, and they've had a, 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 a illustrious is the right word like a recent illustrious history of uh putting out consistently funky great music mm-hmm. um and thomas brennick has been heavily involved in in a lot of those different um releases kind of thing um he is like the main guitarist in budos band but he also plays in manaheim street band which is another like funk piece manaheim manaheim street not, band not anaheim no not anaheim manaheim cool yeah and uh, and I think a lot of those players from both Budos Band and Manaheim Street Band were the backing band for this guy called Charles Bradley, mm-hmm. who was like this uh, undiscovered soul singer talent who Daptone discovered. And he's like an amazing soul singer. He like put out uh, two or three albums, I think. He passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago. But he was sort of, you know, when he was putting out these albums with Daptone, he was already like in his fifties kind of thing. Mm. And he's got that James Brown, Curtis Mayfield, just raw power, soul kind of voice and vibe about him kind of thing. And so, yeah, these guys, and especially Thomas Brennick was like heavily involved in putting out um, those records kind of thing. And so, yeah, that was just kind of a a side note on a couple of the members there sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah. because some of them, there's like kind of a main seven or eight band members that are kind of consistent. And then there's like three or four or five yeah. that kind of loop in and out depending on their time Yeah, is what I'm understanding. Does that sound about right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So kind of similar and similar vibe in general, a little bit to snarky puppy who we talked about. Yeah. I was going to say that who, who that episode must've come out a week or two before this one will come out. Yeah. yeah. Cause we're here in the past yeah. um, in reference to the listeners listening right now. Yeah. So welcome to the past folks <laughs> um and we're gonna go back to the future at some point but right now we're here we're gonna go back mm-hmm. in time was that, that that song was oh, that the song I, I don't know sounds good though uh from back to the future movie yeah i don't know uh. good good movie though <laughs> good movie um yeah uh, but i was saying like it's kind of similar to snarky puppy how they have yeah, a lot yeah. a lot going on um yeah i think anytime you have a massive lineup like this you have a few core members and then a few sort of players, like right. horns and percussionists that come in and out sort of thing. Yeah, depending, like, probably depending on how much they're getting paid for the gig, how, yeah. where the gig's at, yeah. um, how big the venue is. Yeah. All these things kind of affect that, I'm sure. You know, yeah. I don't know, it's just kind of a yeah, yeah. play-by-ear kind of thing. Um, but some of their music is kind of, um, it reminds me of black exploitation films like we were talking about in the Adrian yeah. Young episode. Yeah, 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 It's kind of like super funky, super groovy, instrumental. Yeah. Um, and based out of the kind of late 70s psychedelia and um, retro rock kind of vibe definitely so like really cool stuff that's i feel like that kind of paints a picture for me yeah kind of lays it down nicely like similar music to that um so really good music is what i'm saying yeah and so like their first album self-titled the budos band came out in 2005 but to sort of backtrack a little bit, like a lot of these guys knew each other like a full decade or more before um, mm-hmm. that point in time. I think some of them said they kind of knew each other in the mid 90s, mid to late 90s. Um, like uh, one of the stories is around uh, the drummer, um, Brian Profilo. He said a, a lot of the, the members, before they were members of the band, were at some party kind of thing in someone's house in New York. 
and uh it was a big jam session right yeah and i think also they were like spinning like metallica songs just on cd sort of thing and uh brian was just like air drumming to this track called helpless by metallica and then one of the guys came up to them and said oh do you play drums like do you, like and then it's like do you want to jam sometime kind of thing mm -hmm. and and that's kind of like the genesis of how that got together and then and and then like a few of those guys sort of um got together and started jamming and i think another time was like when they were at a show for um this new york band called anti ballas which right. are another like afro beat kind of band um pretty big in new york they do a lot of good stuff as well probably another band worth talking about and so like a few of the members from buddhist bands before they were buddhist man were at an anti-bala show and again sort of talking about how they should jam sometime kind of thing and yeah, the way you know, i understood it was that anti-balas was hosting a jam session yeah i think that's yeah and so some of the buddhist guys were in you know friends yeah a bunch of people were invited yeah and budos wasn't a thing yet right but they had an opportunity to get in the same room and play play together yeah um and i'm not sure if these stories are exactly the same night or if they're you know all, nice, we're talking yeah. about like 10 or 15 people meeting each other and forming a band so <laughs> exactly there's a lot of different connections <laughs> lot and of different stuff. connections yeah. um but i mean yeah as i understood it they kind of had a jam session they kind of met up yeah. and they they saw what each other can do and they're like hey i want to play music we should start a band yeah. And so just, you know, again, forming connections and yeah, like you said, that's kind of the genesis yeah. of these guys meeting and starting their yeah. their career, which has been going on for how long now? A couple decades. Yeah, yeah. And and like now they all um they were they're based out of Staten Island, but now two of them moved to LA. So yeah, yeah. a couple of them are on the West Coast and they have families now. Yeah. And they've been making albums coming out with stuff, good stuff, consistent stuff, yeah. and playing shows. Like you said, they would play a show in Seattle even um but yeah so back in the day when they started jamming uh brian profilo the drummer did say that they called themselves schlitz 36 and hmm. there was like 12 of them and they were all in like the neighborhood in new york and it was basically it sounded like an open jam session once a week where they said anyone with any talent at all could show up and just get involved and they said there were like rappers there and uh musicians and they said people would just grab pots and pans and just join in kind of thing and like sounds like a great sort of party kind of thing and yeah I think this was fun i think this was in the mid 90s yeah like all that was kind of going on but, yeah but yeah back back to what you were saying um yeah they sort of progressed and you know got together and do, you, you already gave a little backstory about their name and how they came about sort of thing like yeah i just changed from i'm I'm, yeah. I'm failed on my research i can't fit that story to how they got to the castle <laughs> as a band and naming themselves Budos band right but there's some yeah. little bit of information in between that i i didn't get to apparently uh, yeah. but somehow some way yeah. they formed a band and formed yeah. a bond yeah and now they're basically brothers yeah yeah like they're they're really tight-knit they they move like i said they move away mm -hmm. and they still come back together um you know similar to like kikakakumoyo so it's co super cool to see people moving away but still able to be a part of the same project and that shows how much that it means to them and how much they want to be a part of it and how much it means like yeah. you know, for them what it does for them in their lives yeah um so yeah no i don't yeah, know definitely help. yeah and i think like also they said like so when they started out though they were really trying to make like anti-ballast type style music they were pretty like, inspired by them yeah pretty inspired by them and trying to create this afrobeat afro-funk thing and they said 
their first few tries at it, they said were kind of bad and it wasn't really coming together. Mm -hmm. I think, but they wanted to pursue that sort of sound. So they really sort of took a step back and I was like, well, how can we make this better kind of thing? And I think they sort of got a little bit more structured again and like the, how they were sort of arranging the jams that they were coming up with and sort of right. formulating the the arrangements a little bit more to sort of create the songs sort of thing yeah, and the grooves and all that so i kind of um, noticed it seemed like did they start more more towards that afro beat kind of thing and they kind of moved away from that a little bit yeah yeah into more of a what would you call it like just less afro beat more yeah well, so more like more Ethiopian jazz kind of, or or that doom. Yeah. Well, so um, they said they sort of started yeah from the Ethiopian jazz and Afro beat funk stuff kind of thing, and also like their influences as they've been on the road touring throughout the years has been listening to a lot more sort of obscure seventies rock bands mm -hmm. kind of thing. So that Black Sabbath era, but sort of bands around that era that most people haven't heard of or whatever and and so like i guess so one thing that um i think the horn player said um it might be andrew green i think um or it could be jared tankle i'm not sure one of those guys he said he found this blog called cosmic hearse cosmic hearse.blogspot.com and he said he just basically, and there's this one guy that made this blog and he was, uh, the guy that made this blog was all about like um, archiving and blogging about all of these obscure like 70s rock bands kind of thing mm -hmm. um, and uploading a few of the tracks. And so, yeah, the guys from Budo's band were like just trawling this blog and downloading like clips and, and finding the sounds from elsewhere and making these compilation CDs. And then as they'd be on tour, they'd be like just basically listening to that music on the road in between like going to venues and stuff like that. And so they said that kind of like influenced their sound moving forward where they're sort of keeping that sort of funk essence kind of thing, but but doing things more heavier in a sort of rock sense, mm -hmm. especially live. Like, like they said, um, one of their albums, I can't remember which one it was, I think it was either Buddha Span 3 or Burnt Offering, they said it was the recorded version they said sounds lighter than how they played it live because it was around that time they were getting into that sort of heavier way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And so they said they performed the album live heavier than it sounded on the recording kind of thing. And 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 also they said about that like with Daptone, like they said that the label was kind of in the early days Guiding, guiding them a little bit more in terms of like the sound and how it should be engineered and even na like names of songs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they said at a certain point when they got like a, quite a bit of success, they said the label just was took a back seat and it was like, you guys are good. Okay, just keep going. Yeah, do what you want. And Cruise so, control. Yeah, and so that's when they sort of took on some of their like latest albums or like even with the artwork and all that is like kind of, it seems like seventies, like hard rock, mm -hmm, but yeah. they're still funky as shit. So, yeah, like, no, hundred percent. Yeah, I, yeah. One of the things I love about them is the the guitar in the band, yeah. and because they do groovy and funky stuff, and they're you know doing stuff like you know kind of Black Sabbath, Metallica, like playing the same line on the bass and guitar, you know, following that, just making kind of a heavy riff kind of vibe, and then they'll do like different dynamic stuff where it breaks down to just like a light little, you know backbeat on the drums 
like dynamic the dynamics go down it's just like a little drum beat in the back but then the guitar is doing kind of like a it's doing a little motif or whatever and it just sounds super cool like it's rock yeah it's not funky necessarily it's not groovy but for this at least this one little section it's just like it sounds like a cool you know more rock kind of vibe and it, i just yeah. love it and then it comes like the horns come back in and it gets groovy again and i'm like whoa yeah these guys are cool <laughs> i love how i i mean ethiopian jazz afro funk yeah. and then mixing like black sabbath inspiration mm-hmm. cool stuff yeah so it, it hits hard for me when the the trumpets come in the the horn section comes in it's just very yeah. like they're like bright and heavy but they're dark yeah. and and like emotional yeah and it, it's good this band is really great yeah thanks for bringing them to the table today definitely um but i guess before we get into too much other stuff want to play a track off one of their albums yeah yeah i think um, you got one loaded up i have many uh do, so i started up with a track i think it was the first track from their first album called up from the south i just a great intro straight in right there sort of thing yeah um let's play a little bit of budos band two cool. second album obviously yeah <laughs> uh chicago yeah, the- falcon cool Oh yeah, mm. undeniably funky. Which takes I me mean, back to like some seventies uh, movie. That's what I'm saying. Somewhere. It just it feels like <laughs> you're in the seventies, like strolling down. You put your sunglasses on, like you just got a new job or something. You're pumped. Yeah, and there's a car chase with those old cars yeah. from the seventies around New York. Yeah, like a, <laughs> like a guy with an afro with some shades on chasing you down, like guns out the window, guns blaze. I mean, it sounds like a, a it's black exploitation music. It's yeah. it's it sounds like in a quentin tarantino movie yeah you know it's it's lively that's it, what someone it, made a quote about that they said they said they sound like if uh tarantino was just like given the reins to like make some <laughs> sound soundtrack or something like yeah. that. It like, yeah it's, i mean i would yeah. i don't know maybe they've been put in a movie uh i yeah I'm, I'm sure like a lot of a few of their songs have been used here and there in yeah. movies and stuff like that yeah i didn't see i didn't look too much into that where they were yeah. Yeah. if they've been referenced or um you know, sampled or anything like that, or or yeah. synced up with a movie or anything. I know um, um, for the Manaheim Street Band, uh, the other group associated with this uh, um, group, uh, the Jay Z has sampled Manaheim Street Band. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay, and I know so, he's also sampled um, Adrian Young off. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Off of uh, for Magna Carter. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, so cool. It's really cool yeah. to see these little things come together. Yeah. And see all the connections. That's like my favorite thing about talking about all these different bands. There's like always a connection between another band we talked about. There always is somehow. It, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. Unexpected. And I, I never have the idea until we get on the show and I'm like, oh, it's like this. Yeah. Or, or something one way or another. Well, the, the other thing about the Budos band as well is um, I think they record in, I think it's Dunham Records Studio, which is like the studio of Daptone's uh, record label. And the thing about that studio is it's all fully analog. Like they record all the yeah. tape and they use all these old um, microphones and old techniques from back in the 70s. No um, computers. No computers. I think I even saw like a video at some point and it, I think it was a bit of a 
jokey sort of video, but like the engineer was wearing like a white lab coat. Kind of thing. <laughs> okay. um, but I think it's sort that of, sounds cool. Yeah, it's like I think they were sort of joking about it, but also I think that it's like part of their aesthetic, like sonic aesthetic, as it were, sort of thing. Because um, if you think about like the early days of recording music, like those people were actually considered engineers, you know, which is why the term engineer is still used to this day. But back then, the gear was so technical and it was all these dials and everything. It mm-hmm. literally looked like a science experiment. No no screens, no interfaces, just, yeah. just a box with knobs. These gray boxes with like big knobs that they were like, you know, yeah, like I, recording if, sound. If I lived like back in that day, I probably would have never gotten into music because I was just like, I don't know what, <laughs> how do you do that? How yeah. do I record stuff? Yeah, yeah. Or something, you know. Yeah, so I think that's like, um, you know, that that is an approach that was uh, behind like recording these albums as well. And you can hear it, like you just listen to the, these tracks we, we're playing and yeah. you can hear it. You can hear like, that warmth from yeah, the tape. Yeah, the warmth, yeah. Like that's, that's, that's a huge part of like their sound, I feel like, that gives it that really kind of gritty real feel yeah and it, it really i don't know it just kind of transports you to that time period where they're kind of being inspired from yeah, yeah. and it's super cool yeah. I, um, so like yeah some similarities to like adrian young how he also has a studio in la that doesn't use any computers yeah and i mean that just blows my mind every time i think about it yeah. so, and they so they also try to use um different like similar techniques that they used back in the day mm-hmm. on these old records to to make them sound really cool and they're they're using the horns they like shared microphones yeah not everything specifically mic'd up but they just got their horn players or their whole horn section around one or two microphones yeah um and a lot and i think correct correct me if i'm wrong most of their stuff is recorded live yeah i think so like almost all of it is recorded live band style capturing that live so there's performance and raw energy in the rooms yeah it's part of the yeah and the raw bleed from the different instruments going into the different mics yeah just piling on that just like icing on a cake yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of ambience the, like the imperfections yeah that used to be sort of you know they were trying to erase those imperfections in older recordings but like now people were starting to utilize those as a technique to capture that same sort of sound yeah as they had back then it's funny that that happens like mistakes at the time where people were trying to make things they were trying to avoid better. that bleed trying to avoid it yeah. and stuff and now people are like how do we get that bleed how do we get a a worse, yeah, yeah, how do we get it to sound like that? Yeah, because I don't know if you've noticed, like, on like some old recordings, you can hear like the tape hiss or like the cut between like a new take kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I've heard this on a few, like, there's this uh, artist called David Axelrod, who was like a big arranger, producer, composer back in the 60s, 70s. Uh, DJ Shadow sampled him a lot. Um, and like if you listen to some of his old recordings, David Axelrod recordings, you can hear like the tape is go and then like there's the singer mm-hmm. and then it gets all quiet. Then you can hear like a clip, like how like they're like cutting into a new take sort of thing. Like literally like the <laughs> mechanics of the, yeah. I don't know, what you, instruments, not instruments, but like electronic yeah, yeah. devices that exactly. are being used to record, yeah, yeah. like mechanically working, like yeah. you can hear that caught on tape yeah, yeah. literally tape yeah cool which is like i mean for me part of the the the, the sound of it like mm-hmm. the draw of it like yeah that, that thing yeah i mean i mean yeah it's like on tape and you're probably literally hearing tape on the tape because yeah, they yeah. cut something and then exactly. literally tape it together yeah, yeah i mean just insane like it sounds yeah. so archaic yeah yet people are still doing it today it's 2021 
Yeah. So what does that say? You know, it's cool. They were doing something right and people respond to that and love it still. Yeah. So, and I don't know, it's working for them. So it's cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, um, da, 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 da. what else do I got? But yeah. I mean, all analog tape, they, they're going for that live feeling of the recording and I mean, that's the sound that old analog records have, and that's what they're going for. And that's, I think they're achieving it really well because you can just hear it right off the bat. And that's why it sounds like, are we in the 70s right now? Like, <laughs> like, oh, no, we're not. Have you uh, listened so much Black Sabbath? Uh, no, I've never really been too into music like that. Yeah, me neither. But I kind of want to um, play a little bit to see what's going on. To see yeah. If, to see if, because we've talked about Kikigo and my. Oh my god, Kikagaku Moya. That, that's a, I can't that's a word. That's I can't hard. say that fast. It's not a normal <laughs> word in our no vocabulary. And means geometric patterns, right? In Japanese, mm-hmm. yeah, nice. By the way, and uh, yeah, and Buddha's band, they both referenced Black Sabbath a lot, and I haven't really like listened to obviously Oz, Ozzy Osbourne being mm-hmm. the main guy in that. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of want to see if we can hear any. Um, parallels of any sound maybe just like yeah a little clip i'm excited let's see what you got um i'm just gonna play one of the most popular ones that's coming up here iron iron man black sabbath Had to let it roll there. Black Sabbath, Iron Man. I do recognize that riff. Yeah, I was going to say, have you ever heard that song? <clears throat> I think not, <laughs> probably not all the way through, like for a long time, like or if ever, but I've heard that track. Yeah, I mean, like, that's like yeah. that's like the first song any guitar player learns how to play. Oh, yeah? Really? Like your, Did you learn how to do that? Yeah, I mean, that, like literally just simple power chords, like okay, not even yeah. the full power chord with the octaves, like just the root and the fifth. Right. Dun, 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 oh, dun. Because yeah. it's pretty simple. That's probably where I've heard it most. A guitarist in a studio playing. Yeah. <laughs> Ever been to the guitar center or something? You probably hear it. Those guys probably hear it every day. Actually, I think they have some, there's some, I think at Nam. Have you heard of that? Like the, oh, yeah. The guitar. Yeah. yeah. Um, Convention. Type yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's usually in LA. I don't know if they have other ones anywhere else, but. in la the one i'm talking about vegas as well maybe yeah yeah. i'm not sure but i think there you're not allowed to play i think it's like stairway to heaven heaven, it's like they're like you not even don't even (laughs) pretend to play it like we're we're gonna shut you down well did you ever see wayne's (laughs) world i think that's the whole joke in there he like i think oh okay garth goes into like the records or it might be wayne in the record store and he's like He's like, and like starts to play Stairway to Heaven yeah. and then the camera pans <laughs> and there's like a sign and the, like the guitar shop guy oh, like points no, you're to right. it and like, no, Stairway to Heaven. You're, okay, so I, is that perpetuated by that joke? Because it's, yeah, it's in yeah. reality now and that movie came out in what, the 90s or even late 80s? Yeah, that one came out in the 90s. I, yeah, I think it was, I think they were riffing off of a joke that already existed. That it but was now like, it's just become reality. Yeah, like it, it was like that's what guitarists learned how to play. It was stairway to heaven kind of thing, and then 
Yeah. Okay, that <laughs> makes that makes sense. That's awesome. That's cool. Because yeah, it seemed because I watched a YouTube video and it was like yeah. I'm gonna go to all these different guitar places within right. this within Nam yeah. and like just jam out and play like and ask questions. But then he'll like start to play Stairway to Heaven and see what they do, and he's filming it, and they're all like they'll like grab the neck of the guitar like really. Like, you can't play that one. Like they're serious about it now. So even if it that's, came from a joke, it's dead serious. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, great. So I was thinking at the beginning of that song, it sounds like Budo's band if like the vocals were trumpets and horns. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would yeah. that would kind of give you a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. The mixture of the two, and you can kind of it put together those pieces of the puzzle in my head at least. Yeah. When I heard that. And and for me, like as a drummer as well, like I love the sound of the drums that they had back then, because like you know, and I, you know, that's like rock music back in the seventies. But you can hear like there's a tight sound, like a dead sound of the drums. Yeah, they're dead. And the kick is like really like soft, and all of the the um, tom sounds are really like rounded, mm-hmm. like, sounding wise, EQ wise, and all that. And it makes me think like about like rock music today, sort of thing um like how how would these bands have sounded now if they had like clear pristine like audio recording quality would the records have been as inspiring or as interesting with modern day recording techniques versus what they had in the 70s like you know i don't i think it's part of the sound right yeah but, yeah 100 yeah, percent. i agree i i think i don't know if that song would have ever been written if yeah if you know like Ozzy Osbourne just like came into a nice pristine studio with Pro Tools <laughs> and was like, yeah. hey, just, come I'll up just, with something. I'll just do every syllable and you can stitch it together, right? Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> am <Really? laughs> iron. And then put it through a vocoder. I don't care. Whatever. I'm just yeah. going to drink some vodka in the corner here. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. He would, <laughs> exactly. I don't, it just, I don't think it would have happened. No. And I think, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't really believe in like, like everything happening for a reason. You don't believe in everything happening for a reason. I'm not. I don't know what I believe. I think about it a lot. I'm trying to figure it out. Mm. But I think, like, I always go back to just. I know that everything is energy. That's the one thing that I kind of know. I feel like at least. Yeah. Like literally everything is vibrating. Yeah. And it literally is energy, and it's mostly empty space that we're filling right with our energy. Yeah. And, and we're energy. manipulating and changing it. And f- for that reason if you had an experiment in like a vacuum and you thought something would happen, you ran an experiment, it would probably happen how you thought it would based on the physics that we know. Mm. And like we do computer models to see like our weather patterns and stuff like what would happen if we just let earth go for five years? Here's what we think would happen. And the, the models aren't always correct, which is why it's hard to predict weather. But there are models that can show us what things are going to happen in the future to an extent, you know, and not just weather, but other things. Yeah. So it's like, it almost seems like once you set something in motion, you're kind of setting a whole, you know, butterfly effect of things that will happen no matter what, mm-hmm. since you sent that in motion, whether it's your intention or not, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know, this isn't like science, this isn't a science podcast, but I'm just saying like once, like he wrote that riff in his room maybe or something yeah, and then yeah. took it to the studio and all the sounds were sounding good and it sounded raw and live and yeah. we got Iron Man that we know today. Right. Yeah. But maybe that wouldn't have happened if, if Ozzy Osbourne lived in a nice 
you know, big rich household with yeah. his rich parents. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know his story. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if he went to a nice studio, yeah. maybe he that that would never have been written the same way. Well, I think also it was different back then, right? Because bands like Black Sabbath that got together, like they weren't recording anything when they first started writing these songs. Like they were, yeah. they were bands in rehearsal rooms writing these songs and playing them live and it, and they didn't get to record them until like later down the line when maybe they got a deal and yeah then they had to go into the studio and like lay these things down sort of thing you know then it becomes different throughout their career once they've done that for a couple of albums then they have the luxury of being in a studio and writing in the studio and doing it that way but mm -hmm. i think like originally like it's like and i don't know where Black Sabbath were in their career when that song came out. For sure, and it, there's but, yeah. an endless amount of variables. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. exactly to what you're saying, yeah. if if he just started dun 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 into Pro Tools and then <laughs> had all the options to do Put it on midis and synths, yeah, like oh, I just looped it. It would yeah. just turn into a different song. Yeah, yeah, not the vibe and the that energy that we know as Iron Man today. Exactly, yeah. you know, wouldn't have that same resonance with yeah. the musical world. Yeah, um, but who's to say? We don't know that. We yeah. don't know one way or uh, another, and I think that's like why why bands like Budos Band like to do the live approach and the analog approach mm -hmm. because you know they're inspired by these things and then they're also trying to recapture that energy that that sound, and they know that you just can't do that uh, with modern stuff like Adrian Young as well. Like, mm -hmm. You know the type of music he's trying to create. If he just went purely into the computer and was looping things you're not going to be creating that same energy vibe groove yeah whatever it would be really interesting yeah. to see like they record a budos band album and they record it live like they do in reality yeah. and then take that same um all the the information the 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 music yeah. and re-record it but instrument by instrument in pro tools or whatever da yeah and record each horn by itself record the bass by itself everything in isolation yeah. and then put it back it, it i don't know if i don't know if it would have the same energy as that live version does yeah, yeah and it wouldn't it wouldn't carry as much of the emotional resonance that it that it does with the way they do it yeah, yeah. you know who's to say because most bands don't do stuff like record an album one way and then record the same exact album to the t as far as all the parts go mm. but record it in a different way yeah you don't get to see that because that's basically like an experiment. I think the closest you get to that is like live albums, right? Where they just yeah. have the whole band playing and they record it and release it, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, so I mean, but, it can be done. It depends. It just it's so it depends on the specific music. Yeah. What energy you're trying to create? Yeah. What you're being inspired from? Yeah. So it's who's to say. That's what keeps it super interesting, and that's why music is constantly a, a conversation yeah. that's going back and forth between everybody. Which is what makes it cool and what makes it live. Yeah. Um, you know, Definitely. what makes it human, Jay? Love it. Love it. And <laughs> um, so, should we close out? Um, I mean, yeah, that, that's all I got on Budo's band, pretty much. Yeah. Unless we have anything else. I mean, these guys rock. They rock. And, uh, you know, uh, some of the latest stuff is heavier, so I've heard. And uh, so, I'm going to play out on one of those tracks from. The latest stuff, I think, um, Long in the Tooth mm -hmm. from the album Long in the Tooth. 2020. Which came out in 2020, yeah. Which I haven't heard too much about. I was like, sort of, when I first discovered them, I was definitely on the first couple of albums sort of thing. 
Yeah, um, and and to what you yeah. said before, they on all their album covers, it is they do kind of keep that metal kind of vibe. Yeah, of of like metal bands kind of keeping a dark. Yeah, and some of it's even cartoony. Yeah, which or I don't know CGI, whatever you want to call it, but I've seen you know like you know Black Sabbath, Megadeth, or whatever these other oh, yeah. kind of darkish heavy <laughs> bands have this crazy artwork with skeletons and yeah, yeah. flames and stuff. And these guys have a volcano on one, yeah, yeah. a scorpion on another one, a, a cobra, yeah. a, a ship. I still get shivers when I see the cobra um, one. I think that's their album, The Budos Band 3. I just, I, I, snakes, well, here's the thing. You have a pet snake that I just found out about because you have oh, this yeah. empty uh, container. What do you call Not a container, though, is... Uh, his housing yeah yeah aquarium aquarium yeah um I think yeah. even a better word but yeah yeah but yeah snakes terrarium 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 yeah snakes kind of creep me out a little bit but um you know <laughs> that, that's fair a lot of people know that yeah or they feel that but yeah. i just i think a lot of people haven't been um introduced to snakes yeah most people haven't even held a snake maybe no but yeah. like I look at my snake and he's cute, right? Like he's cute. We have a small one. I haven't seen it, but it, it hit. Was it him? I don't know for sure. Actually, you we have don't know. You, to to tell you have, you have to go to like a vet, really, and they have to like stick a thing up his butt <laughs> to find out what like his genitals are or whatever. Wow. And I've never. But what's your snake's name? Senor Bob. Senor Bob. So you, you assumed he was a man. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Just yeah. I was just like, I'm a man. You're a man. <laughs> um but he's a a thin snake, he's like snake. he's like that big around he's not that big okay he's yeah. like four feet long something like that okay yeah he's like orange and spotted but would you be scared of like a big cobra like holding a big cobra i mean or? yeah yeah you would i mean yeah that, yeah that that guy has fangs yeah yeah and poison yeah and just is much more menacing yeah um i mean yeah those he's a venomous snake so he'll bite you yeah my snake will bite you, but there's no venom. Right. Um, but he's a constrictor, so he'll wrap around small prey. <laughs> but he's not big enough to wrap around a person or anything like that. So like there's a, no like a no fear there, of that. It's not the it's not snakes on a plane. Like it's movies like that that freak people out. I haven't seen that movie, but I don't think I could handle it. <laughs> snakes are not that smart. Their brains are tiny. Okay. And so people think that snakes are like conscious and lucid. Like, oh, there's Jay. I'm going to yeah, go bite it because I don't like people. Right, right. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, go after you. Yeah, but like basically they're almost blind and they, they see with their heat sensors. Mm. So they're just searching for heat patterns. Yeah. And then, you know, if you don't smell like a mouse right. or something, then <laughs> he's not going to like attack you and try to bite you just for fun. Oh, man, I better change my perfume. So, <laughs> yeah. Put my <laughs> mousy, get Mickey Mouse. Mouse Dior. That's what That's, I wear. Do You yeah. do you, man. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I support you either way. But I think, like, in terms of, like, sound and all that, yeah, like, you see this venomous like, snake on the album cover and you get a certain vibe from what, what it's going to no, sound like. No, I mean, he's like got his, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I think it translates nice because the snake yeah. is, like, his his hood is open, his mouth is open, his fangs are out. Yeah. And that's kind of what they bring with their music. It's kind of on yeah, the yeah, edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. kind of edgy, like, not edgy, like, cringy edgy, but it's, you know, like, that dark kind of doomy, yeah, yeah heaviness from their inspirations yeah comes across yeah. and they have really good music that's like kind of hard hitting and stuff and it's really fun and groovy and stuff and so it hits me in that kind of 
venomous. Yeah, yeah. You know, the venom soaks into my blood yeah. through their music. Yeah. Something like that. Well they had, well they had that track Black Venom as well. Was it was the name of the track on the album? Yeah, so there you go. But yeah. My blood runs black. My blood runs Budos. <laughs> and I guess the last thing I have to say about these guys is is they're like a funny group of people. If you've ever seen any interviews with them and all that. But yeah, they like they seem like hardcore like biker rocker dudes kind mm-hmm. of thing that just like to drink hard and tour music and tour the world and play funky and just be badasses pretty music yeah and it's just kind of funny like they're just it was yeah but they're like all, they're like nice family guys yeah yeah, yeah. like they they now have families yeah they're married they have, they have kids and yeah they're still burly and they they wear black <laughs> and they have beards yeah and their music's dope yeah um, i mean that's all i got though yeah. i mean check these guys out start anywhere yeah start anywhere start anywhere i don't even have one to start with for you for you guys like these are all good just listen to it's anyone and really consistent definitely like the first three albums are like hot rule yeah funky for me and yeah and then go on from there because these guys are yeah it's non-stop it's all good so let's uh gonna play out this one from the latest album long in the tooth cool and uh we'll catch you next time thanks for listening guys roots um, to grooves at signalradio.com yeah hit us up S-Y-G. if you have yeah. Oh no! I was gonna spell it out. S i g n l radio dot com. Yeah, okay. hit us up with any fun facts, yeah. any corrections, yeah. or if you just want to say what's up. Yeah. And we say this every episode until it happens, because Jay is gonna give a bag of cash to the first person who emails us. Yeah, yeah. could be you. It could be a dollar. It could be five thousand dollars. We just know that there's gonna who be knows? cash. There's just gonna be a bag of cash. Yeah. So, so sounds good to me. It could be that chocolate money you get at Christmas or something. As Some well. chocolate coins. Yeah, chocolate coins. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. There's at least at least a real dollar bill. Come on. All right. Catch you next time. Budos Band out. Thank you guys. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com. <laughs>